2: Before this episode of the Funnel Word Podcast, a quick thank you to the Funnel Word sponsor, Brick Lane Brewing. Do me a favor. Before this episode begins, before the fabulous Final Word theme thanks to Earthboy, head to Sidewinder Life on Instagram. That's Sidewinder Life. It's the latest from Brick Lane Brewing. Sidewinder Hazy Pale Ale. Super tasty. And Brick Lane's first low-alcohol beer. Get this, the IWSR. What is the IWSR, you ask? Well, I didn't know either, so I Googled them. They provide stats for the drinks market. They're the beverage industry scorekeeper. Anyway, their research found that 65% of Australians, 65% of legal drinking age Australians, are looking for a low or no alcohol option in 2021. Find it at Dan Murphy's in Australia. Tell them the final word sent you. The folks at Dan Murphy's won't really know what that means, unless, of course, they listen to this podcast, but Brick Lane will and that's all that matters. Also, keep your eyes open for new Brick Lane Final Word artwork. The team at Brick Lane has taken the classic Final Word image and given it a Brick Lane makeover. You're going to love it. Remember, you can find everything Final Word related at FinalWordCricket.com. Brick Lane Brewing, based and brewed in Melbourne, Australia. Great city, great beer. Thank you, Brick Lane Brewing, for being part of the Final Word, and thank you for listening. That's enough from me. Now, Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon. And the final word. I had to go about it, right it out.
1: This is the final word daily. It's back because Test Cricket is back. India, England, uh, playing at Trent Bridge, the first test at Nottingham, the first day. And as we do on this show, uh, Adam Collins has to tell you what happened today in the space of 30 seconds.
0: Hello, Jeff. Yes, the daily is back, but England's batting continues to be as it always was, really. Uh, they elected to bat first at <laughs> Trent Bridge upon winning a toss and all out for 183. Uh, two wickets in the first session, bookending uh, that stands uh, likewise in the second. Then they lost six for 22 either side of T, all out 1-8 three. India did really nicely on the way to stumps as conditions got better at 21 without loss at the close of play with Rahul and Rohit doing it fairly fairly straightforwardly is that even a word doesn't matter that's the end of my 30 seconds (laughs)
1: Um, I thought that last the last hour of the day was the most important in a lot of ways because you know you you get resold for 180 batting first that can be fine if you can knock the other guys over for 150 and it felt like that last hour could be really difficult you know that could be that the ball was moving around all day it's getting late in the day you think the light's starting to go and then in the end the sun came out um, and, and it actually as you said did seem a little bit easier to bat, even though there was some good bowling. There weren't a lot of alarms. There was one, you know, Rohit Sharma in the first first or second over flashed one through the cord, and, yep. and there was a there was an LBW that went upstairs that was sort of high and going down legs. There wasn't a lot else other than that um, for England's bowlers.
0: Yeah, that, that's how I interpreted it as well. I, I thought under what looked to be leaden skies it certainly was as India were bowling England out but Anderson and Broad on their favorite ground could be a handful I mean I think Anderson's taken 64 test wickets there at like 17 and Broad maybe it's like 42 at 19 Mm. or something like that it's ridiculous numbers they've both posted over a long uh, career and, and a big sample size but yeah for whatever reason the ball didn't hoop around quite the same way as it did when India were bowling and how often do you see it when you're wrist as you say, for 180-odd that you don't get quite the same assistance out of, out of a surface? And look, India bowled immaculately. Um, four for Boomer, uh, three for Shami, uh, two for Dakur, and one for Siraj. So the four seamers they picked all delivered. Big call leaving out Ravichandwin Ashwin uh, in favour of Jadeja, who only bowled three overs, but and also leaving out Ishant Sharma, who takes his wickets at 19 over the last couple of mm. years. But I suppose they they leveraged off the idea that Ishant. Bowl so well to left-handers and England only have one of those Rory Burns and he was out in the first over of the test match to, to Jasprit Bumrah so uh, they're planning I mean it's hard to think of a way that could have worked out better for India in terms of the selection uh, the way they executed that plan wickets at the perfect time you know starting a session so putting England on the back foot then at the end of the session so the good work was undone likewise the start of the second session Dom Sibley falling into the league side trap essentially and then at the end of the session just when Bairstow and Root were building. Something they put on seventy-two. Uh, Bersto's out leg before wicket for twenty-nine. Chammy mm. gets another wicket in that same over. Dan Lawrence strangled down the leg side, and then they're on a roll. Uh, and then the whole and the whole thing falls over. Um, if not for some good hitting from Sam Curran towards the end, they could have been out for one hundred and sixty.
1: Mm. Yeah, and and, and the Bersto won a, a sort of risk and reward thing. He's got that off stump set up that he uses and it was the ball coming back into him that, that did him in in the end. So there is that risk that you take when you set up that far across and yep. it, it was the one that came back in. It was pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, a lot of the day was pretty straightforward. Uh, you've got to be very good to execute it, but as far as the strategy goes, there was nothing um, hugely complicated. Uh, you know, Jasper Boomer was doing it with the in-swinging Yorkers to the tail. He was doing it, pitching the ball just back of a length and moving it off the seam um, earlier. The the way that he worked over Joss. Butler yeah. was amazing just beautiful, like one of one of the best passages of, of cricket I've seen in, in such a long time, you know, what was it 18 balls that Butler batted yep. through, couldn't score, couldn't get off the mark and and just ends up pushing at one that's it's a bit too short to play and it's moving away just enough and it kisses the outside edge and it does all the things that you want from your fast bowler um, in those conditions when he, he's not pitching it up looking for it to swing that particular time he's just getting it to deck away enough uh, just a gorgeous setup.
0: Yeah, I described it on commentary, as the stuff you dream of as a fast bowler so it was the it was the full staff testing Butler out on the stumps back of a length making him play when perhaps he wouldn't want to um Josh Butler hasn't played a first class game since the Chennai test match in the first week of February um in those conditions the old ball moving around but not reverse this was conventional swing with the Mm. the more mature Dukes uh, just in that final session. I mean, it was glorious <laughs> bowling. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes we forget almost that Jasbit Boomer, maybe not having had a, a massive World Test Championship final and not having much of a say uh, in the Test series in Australia, we might have just forgotten a wee bit that Boomer is mm-hmm. like one of the best bowlers in his generation, full stop. Uh, and he, he yep. showed that today at the start and throughout with the wicket of uh, Butler. Uh, it was a crucial turning point in the middle of that collapse. And in the supporting cast... I love the fact that Muhammad Shami had a big influence on today, as I mentioned, either side of T. Um, he was so good mm-hmm. before lunch, but just when he pitched it up a little bit more, often a criticism of Shami. Uh, he looked unplayable at different times. And then Shardul um, uh, our favourite, final word favourite, Shardul Thakkar, um, mm-hmm. two wickets in and over, uh, had his say, uh, played a role, shaped the ball beautifully. I mean, you know, he can be, he, he, he looks a little bit underwhelming. You know, he's not that tall. He's not that, Svelte, I suppose, but he, he continues mm-hmm. to move the ball away from the right-hander <laughs> with natural hoop. He he bowls in, in he bowls a very good length, which is part of what contributed to Joe Root uh, stumbling over it. And, and he was the one player to, to make a, a big contribution, wasn't he? Root was 64. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the length that Thakur bowled to him that, that brought his downfall along with a little bit of outswing. Uh, and, and then you throw yeah. Siraj in there, who got the wicket of Zach Crawley just before lunch when Crawley was going through the gears. So all four Indian seamers did what they needed to do and stepped up at the hmm. perfect time through the course of the day. Virat Kohli will be chuffed.
1: I, I did wonder about that. It was just about my dream India eleven. You know, Rohit Sharma <laughs> and King Legend Rahul at the top. Shardul Thakur comes into the side. Yes, Jadeja's in the side. Like like yep. the kind of players that they leave out. Uh, Shardul, I think, is is a player who will contribute in in any way. Like he he w- he might win you one Test match with the bat. In a five-test series, um, he'll make contributions with the ball. I think he's a great inclusion, um, and he's not always the most obvious inclusion, but he should have been there. Every everyone just about bar Ashwin. If they, I think Ashwin could come in. You know, Boomer has to play, but in my dream eleven, Ashwin probably comes in for one of the other two quicks. But it was just about there, and and then England. I mean, England talk every time they lose a match about learning things, and we have to learn from the experience. This doesn't seem like a a cricket culture even, even beyond a team that, that learns things as far as tests go. They've got the same top three that was misfiring against England. They've got the same four seamers attack with no spinner in the side. I don't know what Chris Silverwood has against spinners but I suppose if you get bowled out for 150 on the first day, you probably don't need a spinner because you'll lose in three days but <laughs> you, you, need to, you, you need to have the option in the side surely when it has been such a big shortcoming in the losses that you've had, big losses um, in the, the out Against New Zealand, uh, the way they got smashed in India, where you know they even picked four seamers in India for Christ's sake. Something is amiss with the decision making. Um, Nothing changes, and so it's not going to get better for them.
0: They just looked unbalanced, didn't they? I don't think Sam Curran's ever really played as one of the four frontline bowlers. Maybe once in the Caribbean a couple of years ago, but Mm. I mean, Sam Curran is at his best when he's like the fifth bowler, and that's not to denigrate his bowling. By the way, it's just a team balance thing, Um, and. Look, when Stokes was ruled out, or when Stokes ruled himself out rather, on Friday, I think we thought that, that, that Curran might play the balancing mechanism. And instead, because their, their batting isn't strong enough, they go with six specialist mm-hmm. bats, Joss Butler at seven, four quicks. And in a way, the reason why Leach isn't playing is because the, the top six isn't dependable enough, with the exception of Joe Root. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a structural flaw. Uh, It's a design Mm -hmm. feature of a team that hasn't got its act together in the top six, which means they have to play funny buggers between 7 and 11, and often a a, a solid a competent cricket team doesn't need to go down that path. So, look, Curran's a a great contributor. Um, He was with the bat today. He already looks a likely type with the ball in the couple of overs Mm -hmm. he bowled before the close of play this evening. So no concern with Curran being in the team. But it's more that, uh, yeah, his presence highlights at number eight, highlights that they don't have room for a spinner. And look, you know, what happened to Dan Lawrence today, that happens, right? In at number six, I'm glad that he got picked. You know, I think his fourth ball, he tickled down the leg side. You know, that, that can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a frustrating dismissal. But um, the fact that he was walking out there um, after besto got out just before tea, that should have been Johnny Bairstow restarting after tea. Uh, you yeah. know, and Bairstow, I'm reluctant to get stuck into him because obviously when he and Root were out there, it was the only time that England looked vaguely in control today. But um, him falling, I mean, that was the... That was the uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, and it shouldn't really be at 138 for four. It shouldn't be. Oh well, um, you know, put the queue in the rack. I mean, that, 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 that's yeah. not that's not a scoreline that things should c- capitulate from. But with England, mm. it kind of does. That that is that is the that is the friction point. So, yeah, they're they're well mm. short of a gallop as well, which doesn't help. And I know that there's going to be um, some reductive analysis from those that say, well, the hundred is the reason why this happened. Well, obviously, um, people who who write that or, or that, <laughs> nobody will write it because nobody in the press box. will – would, would draw such a ridiculous mm. conclusion. But people will say it offhandedly. If not for the 100, then no, no, that, that's that's not what's going on here. Um, but from a scheduling perspective, I doubt they'll ever go into a series again like this with so many of their first 11 who have been picked here having so little first-class cricket under their belt in in this season we're currently in. Um, Sam Curran hasn't played since January, uh, Butler since February. There's a number of other examples like that. So yeah, it, it's about scheduling, not about the 100 mm. ruining batting techniques or any of the rest of the, the jibber that you read from place to place.
1: I reckon my player of the day, fondness notwithstanding, is Shadal Tucker. I, I thought his his intervention, like Joe Root was the one thing that was going for England and the the enthusiasm with which he launched himself into that spell and the way he set up Joe Root was outstanding mm. and that was that was the thing that was the difference between England maybe recovered at 240 250 and England get shot out for under 200
0: yeah no no disagreement from me uh, when we're talking up Shardul. Uh on the other hand uh, i think that, that boomer and Shami can almost split it it's like the high jump final a couple of days ago i think that mm. um they were just so good the both of them and i think siraj on the, on a different day siraj probably runs the mark as well he did very little wrong Uh, as the first change option. So yeah, collectively India's bowlers, I mean, we we said it three years ago, didn't we? It's the best fast bowling group Mm -hmm. India have ever produced. And they seem to get better series after series. Uh, it's a joy to watch.
1: And they seem to be able to leave out three or four really good fast bowlers <laughs> Each every time, time yes. they pick an 11. Even when they're picking four, they're still leaving out. You know, Kumar wasn't there. Uh, Ishan Sharma wasn't there. Yep. So, yeah, the 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 uh, variety they've got at their disposal. As for the Hall of Fame, I particularly enjoyed the moment. This is the one thing that, that might not be completely great about the retrospective no-ball laws, uh, that... The last ball of the over, Sam Curran's batting with James Anderson. Mm. He's wanting to farm the strike. Oh, that's right. He gets a really nice in-swinging Yorker, I think, from Boomer and manages to squeeze it out for a single. Very clever, very well done. Now, that ball was a no ball. In the old days, Curran would have seen the arm up, or even if he hadn't seen it before he hit the ball, he would have seen the umpire's arm raised um, as he came through, or more accurately probably wouldn't have seen it because the umpire wouldn't have called it. But... Had had the umpire called it, he would have known not to take the single because he had to face the next ball. As it was, he ran the single, was quite pleased with himself. And then about 45 seconds later, they said, oh, sorry, that was a no ball. One more to come. And Anderson has to face uh, that last ball of the over. It would have been very funny had he got out to that delivery, but he didn't.
0: Yeah, I'm willing to pay that. Uh, the unintended consequences of the final words, no ball change, that's that's fine with me. Uh, I'd throw up for consideration mm-hmm. the, uh, the review process for India immediately before lunch. So there's that. Howler, the bad review that they shouldn't have gone with. And then Coley um, has the presence of mind to go up a second time, informed by Richard Punt, by the way, and they don't go up the third time also because of Richard Punt's advice. Maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe... Brad Coley is paying a bit more attention to his colleagues um, with him in the cordon when it comes to using DRS, and that can only be a good thing.
1: Imagine, though, the situation that you're in if Rishabh Pant is the voice of restraint and reason. <laughs> if Rishabh Pant is the designated driver of the slips cordon when it comes to DRS, like he, that is an interesting state of affairs. I've got one more, which was the, this kid who he was maybe 15 or so, who's coming up on the coverage. He was wearing this sort of fancy dress costume that was like a giant inflatable alien that was that with big inflatable legs out the front so it looked like it was carrying him around right good laughs very very funny but the bit that i particularly liked was he decided to go back to his seat and the camera stayed on him for about 40 seconds while he's working his way along a row of people squeezing in front of them with this giant costume attached to him <laughs> and then he sits down in the seat comfortably to watch the rest of the cricket now the bloke behind him this costume's about two meters tall and it's just sticking up right in the face of the guy behind him. He can't see a thing. And this kid's happily oblivious to it. The whole thing's on the television. It was a, it was a beautiful vignette.
0: Uh, lovely stuff. There was also a kid carrying four ice creams at one stage, like he was carrying four beers, which I thought was, was quite a good effort. So uh, all, all the fun of the fair on the first day of Test cricket with full crowds since COVID-19. Nowhere around the world, the best I can tell, have had full gra- full crowds for a Test match since, uh, since last March. So that's something to celebrate. As well, Jeff. Before we sign off, um, if you haven't listened to our interview with Felix White yet on the on the weekly show, uh, do that because it's really nice. We did that a couple of days Mm -hmm. ago. And I think if you uh, like what we're doing here, if by chance you're new to The Final Word, uh, by virtue of the fact that we're making these dailies, uh, go back in the feed and listen to our our weekly show with uh, Maccabee, tailender enthusiast, author, Felix White. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.
1: Yep, this is The Final Word daily. We'll be doing these each day of the test series between England and India. Thanks for watching. See you next time.
2: Bye. I had to go about it.